may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Eight o'clock tonight, NBC rivalry night, baby, Flyers and Penguins. Or in these parts, they'd say Penguins and Flyers. I really want to say bad words about Philly, like four-letter words, words that the FCC would get mad about because I'm not on internet radio, but then it strikes me that internet radio would be the only place I'm allowed to say those things. Do we have a breaking news update on the Robert Morris University Women Colonials basketball score? We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. In the second period with 8.51 left, second-ranked Robert Morris University Colonial Women's Basketball up 20-11 over seventh-ranked Central Connecticut. Central Connecticut's making a run, bitches! My show might air as it's supposed to. Tomorrow, I don't know when the hell the NEC final is. Is it tomorrow? Is it Friday? Find out. Because the next time you tune into the Crowley Show, it might be on. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. We are currently working on when the NEC final is. We will give you an update as we as we get information on it. 20-11, RMU over Central Connecticut. We bring in our Philadelphia radio insider, Wes Euler, now to the program. Wes, hello. Hello, Mr. Crowley. How are we? Are you happy that you now are up to date on everything regarding women's basketball as it relates to the NEC possible conference champions? Well, I was up to date because I've been listening for the past hour. I was trying to you know, get the Adam Crowley show here in snowy Philadelphia, but instead I had some, uh, some NEC hoops, I guess, coming through my, my computer. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Wes cannot hear the game online. This just in. Wes. Yes. Because it's snowing as bad as it is in Philly, are there going to be less inbred Flyers fans at tonight's contest? Yeah, I think so. I actually, it's funny, I was just talking about this. I was going through and reading some of the replies. Uh, The Flyers have tweeted out a couple times that the game is still on. And there's, a, there's some, some vitriol in those replies. A lot of people are upset that the game's still on because it is pretty nasty here. Uh, seven, eight, nine inches in some areas. Mm. It's been coming down all day, and it's still coming down. So, a lot, yes, a lot of the locals are uh, upset that the game hasn't been uh, you know, postponed or rescheduled or, or anything like that. Wes Euler, Radio Insider from Philadelphia, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Wes, are they scared? Those Flyers fans in the mentions, are they scared? Do they want no, the game to be postponed? No, I don't think so. They're, they're scared. They've actually been feel, no, they're feeling themselves scared. lately. They, I, I tell you what, this, this past weekend when they, they played the Fly, or, uh, pardon me, when they played Tampa Bay, I, if you would have gone on Twitter, I, I was convinced that, that that was going to be an Eastern Conference Finals matchup the way everybody was talking. I'm telling you, they're, they're feeling themselves out here lately. They, they like the way their hockey team's playing. Yeah, that's annoying. It's because of the Eagles, right? They do realize the Eagles and the Flyers are different entities, yes? Oh, yeah, and it's, it's completely trickled everywhere. I mean, now everyone's talking about LeBron James touring high schools with kids in Philadelphia. 
over the All-Star break because, yeah, you know, LeBron would be just poking around high school hallways looking at the gymnasium for his son. And you know, Jake Arrieta is coming to Philadelphia now. Yeah, man, everybody is – they're feeling themselves out here. But, no, the Flyers have reason to. They, they played good hockey as of late aside from the three-game losing streak that they're on currently. Yeah. Um, but it, it's going to be a big one here tonight. I think the 8 o'clock start could actually work out well. Like I said, it, it might give uh, – people are going to need more time to get down to the Wells Fargo Center. But, no, they are, they're not scared by any means. They are, they're feeling themselves around here lately. Does that suck for you, Wes, that they love themselves as much as they do right now and feel like nothing can go wrong? Yeah, absolutely. It does because, you know, I, I was back on your program in, in early February as we previewed the Patriots and the Eagles, and I – was all here for the Eagles winning the Super Bowl and keeping Tom Brady and Bill Belichick from winning another one and, and just being here in Philadelphia, you know, for, for what was the celebration. It was cool on my end. But now it's come full circle and, and it's annoying. And I'm sure you saw they got Michael Bennett today. So the talk of the repeat is already in full steam. Nothing and like I God. said, it's LeBron James is coming here and Jake Arrieta is coming here. And, and the Flyers are going to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, just a lot of people are, are feeling really good about themselves in this area, despite the fact that there's uh, eight or nine inches of snow on the ground. Give me what it's like for Flyers fans. Who are they amongst the people in Philadelphia? Because you told me that they're a different kind of breed. Well, they, they're almost they're like their own team. It's kind of like the other three teams are almost separate from the Flyers. And I don't mean that in the sense that there's, that the majority of people don't like all four teams. The majority of people do like all four Philadelphia teams, but they're not in the mainstream. If you flip on the radio here, if you turn on TV, it's, it's all Eagles with some Sixers and some Phillies. You never really hear about the Flyers, especially on sports talk radio here. And it's almost like if you try and talk about the Flyers and you're kind of outside of, of their group, people get upset with you. Like we, we have hosts at our station that say that, you know, if they ever try and talk about the Flyers, like their mentions on Twitter blow up or, or the text line blows up and people are calling them idiots and saying they don't know what they talk about. And so it's very much like they all just kind of congregate and gather in one area and have do their own thing. I haven't figured out where that area is yet. If I, if I do, I'll let you know. Don't go. It is, it is almost like their own little, their own little fan base, and, and they kind of take pride in the Flyers being their thing and knowing about hockey and kind of, you know, that being, like I said, just being their thing as opposed to kind of the other mainstream sports. Does Sidney Crosby suck, Wes? He does not. He does not. Mm. That, is, uh, uh, that, is in, that is a stone-cold fact that Sidney Crosby does not suck. But you're like this, actually. Last week, we had a poll on one of our, uh, on one of our shows. I believe it was the afternoon show. Over uh, 2,500 replies. Wouldn't you want Sidney Crosby on the flyer? Just yes or no. That was the only question. 57% of people said no. What idiots, man. I'd like Giroux to be a Penguin. I mean, Giroux's a really good player. I'd like Giroux to be the Penguins' third-line center. You want to know why? Because I'm not a dumbass. Exactly. And, and, and the, biggest, the biggest hypocrisy of all is, you know, they, Sidney Crosby is the, the B word that also means a female dog, and Sidney Crosby is a whiner and a complainer bitch. and all this stuff. He's talking about the but word then bitch. They, they, you know, they have on their number 88 sweater where, where Eric Lindros was the biggest diva to ever play in the NHL and had his dad cry his way off of two teams before Whoa. he ever even came into the league. But, yes, Sidney Crosby is the whiner and complainer and the diva. No, 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 there's, there's some hypocrisy there. But, again, that's, that's just born. I think, I think the poll might have been a little bit different if, again, the Eagles hadn't won the Super Bowl. Everyone's feeling themselves, man. 
I don't like that term, feeling themselves. Uh, it just it sounds perverse, Wes, and I will not allow it to be on the airwaves for five people to hear any longer. <laughs> oh, come on! You're, I know you're a hip guy. You're doing your your futuristic cheese teases. Come on, that's a term that the kids love nowadays. The cheese teases feeling, are great, though. Yes, feeling feeling yourself. The cheese teases are are spectacular. I enjoy them, and actually, I, I find myself like looking for them now mm. on Twitter every day around. All right, very good. Wes Euler, you're gaining some traction at least with one person. My man, Wes Euler, our Philadelphia radio insider here on the Crowley Show. Wes, Sidney Crosby does not suck. We know this. Claude Giroux, though, is having himself a great season. Has the baton finally been passed? Well, uh, the baton came back to Crosby, and now maybe it's back to Giroux, and then they gave it to Couturier for a couple minutes. And then no, I Couturier, can, no, Couturier cannot Malkin touch the baton. Listen, when Couturier was off to his hot start, I can't tell you how many jokes I got about, oh, Couturier has this many goals and Crosby only has this many. But, no, Giroux is having an outstanding season. He, he's uh, top ten. He's ahead of Crosby in scoring right now, has eight points more than Crosby as I look out of here, 78 points. He's only four back from Malkin. And yeah, he ain't catching Malkin. Spoiler alert, not, he ain't catching Malkin. But he, he is having a great year, and it's funny. It almost seems like Giroux – He's been a very consistent player, but it almost seems like every other year he has a really good year. Like, he took a step back last year, and he had some injury problems. He had an issue with his hip and had to have some surgery, and I think it's fair to to note that and that he probably wasn't playing at 100% most of the season. But it seems like every other year he has a really solid year where he's quietly, like, in that 5-10 to range on the scoring list, and he's like a fringe MVP candidate. He's not going to finish in the top three, but he's going to get some votes. He might finish in the top five for the Hart Trophy finalists. Uh, he, he is having a great season, and I think a big part of that has been moving him to wing, playing him with Couturier, and, and that top line now along with Konechny has been has been dynamite for the Flyers and, and a big reason why they find themselves uh, making a surge here and in a, a strong playoff position late in the season. There's been a lot of talk about Kobe Bryant jettisoning his way up the top ten list of NBA players because he won an Oscar. Does Claude Giroux jump up the list because he grabbed a police officer's ass? I mean, I think it depends on your mindset, right? For some people, that would automatically take him off the list. But if you get the backstory to that, you know, he was at a bar and kind of wilding out with his buddies. I don't know. It might take him up a notch in my book. At least I like to know that he has a good time and he's laid back. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Not afraid of the police, we'll say. Well, he's white. Uh, Wes Euler joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, last couple of things here for you, Wes. I got Bob Huggins coming on at 540. Are you excited to not be able to listen to it? Yeah, what, come on, man. I mean, is this hoops game going to be over by then? I saw that, too, in your tweet, and I was like, oh, that'd be nice to listen to. But I don't know. Will it be podcasted later on? I don't know. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm glad to see you're, you're really conducting the ship over there. Yeah, our company's – I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> what, what do you got for Huggy Bear? What are you going to ask him? I'm going to ask him, hey, Bob, has this team been a bitch to coach? Because it's been a bitch to watch. <laughs> I think he'll like that. He'll appreciate that. Hey, Wes, has your radio station, your afternoon drive show, have they ever dipped out for LaSalle women's basketball? Never. I do not believe so, no. Thanks for your time, we buddy. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Second-ranked Robert Morris University Colonials women's basketball team now up 22-18. to 18. Central Connecticut closing in. They are closing in. Wes, we'll keep you updated. Thanks, buddy. Pleasure as always, Mr. Crowley. Go Mountaineers. Go ears, baby. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Just to kind of underscore our company here, 
I just got an email on the employee of the month. So two things. One, somebody won for February. Two, we now have to email about who won for January. How have we given away February's employee of the month and we have not voted on January? How the hell does this company make any money? Oh. Oh, wait. Thirdly, there's an unclaimed $100 prize. I didn't get $100 when I won the employee of the month. You didn't get it? I never got $100. Oh, no. It could have been hidden in my paycheck somewhere, but I doubt that very much. There's no way. Yeah, no, that's trade. That's not like hard cash. Yeah, you think they're giving me a gift card somewhere? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a gift card. I'm going to reply. Should I reply all those the question to the entire company and say, yo, bitches, where's my $100 gift card? Here's a real question. Is it wrong to bring up that the employee of the month for February uh, is actually leaving the company? She's retiring. I don't know if we can say the name. No, don't say the name. I won't say the name, but she's retiring, so she's a quitter, and they're going to give her the employee of the month. Uh, what the hell? Did the Pirates give Raul Mondesi the team MVP award that year that he just up and left? No. Did the Penguins... Give Ziggy Palfi the team MVP when he just up and left. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. This just in, Andrew McCutcheon, the 2020 MVP of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Way to go, Cutch. Yeah, good job, Cutch. They'll just have to Photoshop the Pittsburgh Pirates logo on his hat. I love that. That's one of my favorite things about trades. McCutcheon plays for the Pirates, yet somehow everyone's got a picture of him swinging a bat in a Giants jersey. One of the best things that's happened this year is down in Bradenton. They still had him up on the like the, you know the kind of like uh, billboard type thing near the stadium. They still had him up there. Notting wouldn't even like throw down to change it. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's my fantasy baseball team name. Go Nutting's wallet. Good work, John. Keith tweets, hey, underscore Adam Crowley, why did 970 ESPN and iHeart go to basketball? I don't know, but in case you're tuning in now on non-iHeart, we've got an update for you. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Robert Morris University Colonials now lead Central Connecticut 25-18. Back to you, Adam. We're wearing out Brian's vocal cords with these updates. They're hurting, man. This is this is hot time, man. It's March. I gotta keep up with this stuff. I'm all over the place on this game. Coming but, up next. Oh, by the way, yeah, Jocelyn Jones, senior out of uh, mm. Slickerville, New Jersey, mm-hmm. leading scorer at the moment. How many points? Mm, eight. Let me know when she hits ten. I will. Coming up next. Oh, how I long for listener. Oh, sorry. Oh, how I long for the Big East. It's the Crowley Show. We were supposed to have Seth Davis on today. They canceled. Good job, Tom. So I read his book, though. The one that he was going to promote. It's called Getting to Us. How great coaches make great teams. Really good. And especially at this time of the year when you're thinking about March Madness, Coach K's on the cover. 
with his fist in the air. You know it's great. So coming up in a few minutes, I'll give out the number, and then the eighth caller can get his book. They can win it. Do you think Coach K will have to vacate the cover if all this NCAA stuff comes out? I don't believe any of that. Oh, fake news. Hashtag fake news. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. I don't know if anybody's out there actually listening to my damn radio show. Because the Robert Morris University women's game is on online. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. RMU Colonials women basketball at halftime up 25-18 to over Central Connecticut. Uh, they went on a, three, a late 3-0 run there. Damn. So, in order to find out if people are listening, the eighth caller can now get Seth Davis's book, which is $28 now online, and there's only a few available because it's just come out. So, 412-922-2874, the eighth caller can win Seth Davis's Getting to Us, How Great Coaches Make Great Teams book. It is a hardcover, and you could even flip that bitch. You could make some profit off of it. 412-922-2874. The eighth caller gets Seth Davis's coaching book, Getting to Us, How Great Coaches Make Great Teams. Tyler Glasnow's pitching line today was putrid. Two and two-thirds innings pitched. People are calling. People are hearing me right now. Six hits. Seven runs. Six earned. Three walks, five strikeouts, one wild pitch, one home run. Here's the thing about spring training that I love. And training camp. If you have a bad outing like that, people will say, oh, he's working through some stuff. Eh, he's going to be fine. It's just, it's early. It's spring training. He'll work through it. It's okay. As long as his stuff pops, as long as his stuff plays, he'll be fine. People are calling. I'm so happy. People can actually hear the show. People out there. I have tears in my eyes. People are actually hearing this best show we've done all week. People are hearing it. If Tyler Glasnow was pitching out of his mind, people would say, this guy's going to be ready for a breakout season. It's the best year of his career upcoming. He's in the best shape of his life. He's going to dominate. But now it's, well, he's working it out. It's early. He'll be okay. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Amanda Kessel said that she can beat Phil Kessel in a hot dog eating contest. Alex tweets, the Crowley show needs to use its power to make this happen. We actually do have power because people apparently listen over AM radio. This is huge. Sometimes nostalgia can make you think things were better than they actually were. You familiar with the show The Office? Michael Scott goes back and he thinks he's got the herp. So he talks to all of his ex-girlfriends and reminisces about their relationships and all of them thought the relationship was worse than Michael did. And the reason that Michael loved it was because nostalgia. Poor Tom's answering a million phone calls right now. You ever go back to college, and you go to your old bar, and you pound a couple of brewskis, and you walk into the bathroom, and there's vomit, and the door doesn't close to the stall, and it reeks to high heaven, and yeah, the beer's cheap, 
but you're not sure if the glasses are clean and you're dealing with a bunch of drunk jackasses and it's really a bleep show because that's happened to me a bunch and it makes me realize that college was great for what it was but nostalgia makes me think it was better than it actually was like I can't go back and try to relive those college days we can try but that's how you wind up spending $65 on an Uber without you even remembering it. There's some things, though, that nostalgia cannot cloud. And one of those things is the Big East Tournament. That's not just nostalgia calling to me. That's not just my inner younger Crowley saying, Oh my God, those were the best days. It wasn't just me saying, Oh, the Ben Howland days, they were great. Oh, the Jamie Dixon days, they were great. It's not me saying, oh, remember that time Bob Huggins won the championship? It was great. And it not actually having been so. It was great. This isn't nostalgia just playing a trick on me. The Big East tournament was the bee's knees. The Big East tournament was bitching, yo. You had that six-overtime game between Georgetown and Syracuse. That is as good as it gets in college basketball. Those kids could not jump at the end of the game. Jerry McNamara was playing for 15 effing years, and then you add that game onto the end of it because we can't let this guy graduate. Is Jerry McNamara the biggest legend of all time in Big East tournament history? I think Jerry McNamara still has like five years of eligibility left. He's coming back. He is. I think the Big 12 basketball fans feel the same way about Javon Carter from West Virginia, who was born with a receding hairline. But Jerry McNamara, that guy played forever. Kind of the way I feel Grayson Allen is at Duke right now. But McNamara, it just never seemed like that guy graduated or was going to graduate. And he was dynamite in that game. And... Georgetown Syracuse six overtimes was a game that I didn't even have any rooting interest in, but it was great because those two teams hated each other. It was in Madison Square Garden, and people who went to that game had to decide between leaving the game and getting home on the subway or staying at the game and sleeping there. And I love that. That's not just nostalgia. That was great basketball. That was showtime. That's what it's all about. It's the biggest stage it's amateur athletics. It's bad freaking ass. Hell, that Big East, the year that Pitt got eliminated by Scotty bleeping Reynolds, the Big East had three one seeds in the NCAA tournament. All these teams I'm about to mention had their moments in the Big East where they were all successful, and a lot of the time they were all good at the same time. Villanova, UConn, Georgetown, Syracuse, Pitt was unbelievable. I don't think Pitt will realize how good Pitt was. They don't. I'm a West Virginia guy. Pitt was ranked in the top 10 11 seasons in a row at one point with Jamie Dixon. Yeah, let's shuffle that guy out the door. Pitt basketball was it, man. They say that all the time. Pitt is it. Pitt really was it. And there's a good piece, and forgive me for saying this, on Deadspin today, talking about the fall of Pitt basketball and how it happened and what happened. And when they left the Big East, that changed a lot of things. That changed the way that Pitt could recruit because Pitt recruited a lot of kids from New York 
And the sell was, you're going to get to play in New York. We win big East championships. You come, we play, we win. Pitt played Duke at the Garden one year. They were able to recruit that way. They won. It was the same night Willie Parker on Thursday Night Football broke his leg. I'll remember it forever. Pitt basketball was the bee's knees. The Big East was badass. And the Big East tournament, it allowed all those badass, hard-nosed, inner-city-type schools to compete on the grandest stage. And I miss it. I like the Big 12 tournament because there's Kansas and Oklahoma, Buddy Heald. There have been some moments... The ACC tournament's great because you've got Duke in North Carolina, but should Pitt and Syracuse be playing in effing Greensboro? No. The thing Wilson, about Brooklyn, so whatever. But they've played in Greensboro, correct? That's the thing. Those teams shouldn't be playing in Greensboro. They move it year to year. It doesn't matter as much as the Big East tournament did. They'll say it does, but it doesn't. And you can't tell me that for the first time in your life you didn't pay attention to the Big Ten tournament. How many times would a casual basketball fan watch the Big Ten tournament? Now they do. They did move it up strategically, but it was in New York bleeping city. West Virginia won a Big East championship. The year they went to the Final Four. Louisville, when they were new to the Big East, they were good. Marquette had their moments. Hell, they had Dwayne Wade. Cincinnati had their moments. Boston College one year was the last remaining undefeated team in all of college basketball. And we're talking about Boston College. Providence shocked Pitt when Pitt became number one the year that Pitt jettisoned to number one. Boy, do I long for the days of two easy wins against DePaul. Providence, Marquette. Cincinnati, Louisville, Syracuse, Nova, Georgetown. Where in the sweet world is your easy win other than DePaul? South Florida, I guess. But they don't count. They're not a real Big East team. Eh, get out of here with that nonsense. I miss those days. And not just because they were glory days, not just because of nostalgia. Nostalgia can cloud your feelings on a subject. I've had girlfriends in the past where when I break up with them, I hate them. And years down the line, if I see them at a bar, it's like, oh my God, I love you. You're, it's great to see you. This is awesome. <laughs> no, it wasn't great. It was a bad relationship. The years help. In this instance, everything that I remember about the Big East isn't great just because of nostalgia. It's great because it's great. And it blows right through the cloud. And I miss it. I miss it, man. Tim Benz misses it, too. Syracuse guy. He was on the show yesterday. Wrote a column about it. Breakfast with Benz. He hit me right in the feels. Watch Requiem for a Big East. Did I say that right? Requiem? Requiem. 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 Rack him. Rack. Rack. Rack him. You watch that, and it just it makes you remember how fabulous the basketball was. And every team, every team was a tough out. Every last one of them. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Tom, who are we giving the, way, uh, the book away to? 
We are giving the book away to Christina from Monroeville. A woman listener! A woman! A woman listener! Yes! We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Rick Baton Ozzy Momadou leads the RMU Colonials women basketball team with 144 points. Whoa. It's the Colonials 31 to 23 in the third quarter. That's a tight one. It's a close basketball game. Coming up next, Bob Huggins. The head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineer basketball team will join me here on the show. Let me just slide my hand slowly down my pants. Whoa. It's the Crowley Show. Covering the Penguins on and off the ice. Your home of the Pens, ESPN Pittsburgh. As you all know, I ride and die with my Mountaineers, and this year has been one hell of a roller coaster. Joining me now to discuss the head coach of West Virginia University basketball, Bob Huggins. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure. Coach, do a lot of people call you coach, even people who you haven't coached before? Yes. Do you like that? It's better than some of the other things I've been called in my life. Good point. We'll go with Coach. Uh, Coach, does this team make you pull your hair out more than any other good team that you've had has? I don't know. Pull my hair out. They. I don't know. We. You know. Early on, I think we we had close games and we we made shots when we need to make shots. We got rebounds. When we need to get a rebound. We got a stop. When we need to get a stop. And we've struggled with that here mightily here of late. Um, don't seem to get the rebound we need. Don't seem to make the open shot that we need to make. Um, and quite frankly, probably some of those games shouldn't have been as close as they were had we had we defended a little bit better in the second half. So what do you do now uh, as the coach? Uh, you talked about just now all the things you talked about after the loss against Texas. What do you do to get these guys doing what they need to do? Do you watch more film? Do you get them out on the court? I know it's late in the season, and you've got to try to worry about the legs a little bit, but what do you do to get these guys better? Well, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them on film what the problem is, and then we're going to go out on the court and try to fix it. You know, it, it, it's a game of neuromuscular repetition, and what happens is, I think, is you do worry about their legs, and you do want to make sure you're prepared for what the other team is going to run. Uh, you, you, you do look at how the other team plays certain things defensively and and try to figure out what your best options are because of the way they're playing things. And I think, or I'm afraid that in doing those things, uh, we lose the fundamental things that really are the are the core of what we do. You've dealt with the Saturday-Monday schedule a bunch. I think it's got to be harder than you guys than on any other team in the league. How difficult is the travel that you guys have had to endure? It's brutal. It's 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 uh, unlike what anybody else does other than, than maybe Hawaii or someone like that. It's certainly the toughest of any Power 5 team. 
you know, playing our our closest our closest away game is 860 whatever some air miles, and then it goes from there. So, you know, to play five Saturday Mondays is tough. I mean, it's it's a great thing because that's where all the exposure is, and to have game day and all those other things are wonderful things. But to travel is tough. I mean, to say it's not would be a lie. To fast forward a little bit to the NCAA tournament, uh, and I suppose even uh, whenever you go out to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament, are you happy that you'll just be there and you'll win a couple of games? If you win a couple of games in the Big 12 tournament, you don't have to go anywhere. You go to the hotel, then come back, and in the NCAA tournament, if you're able to win that first game, you don't have to go anywhere before you play the second. Yeah, I mean, I, that's... That's uh, putting everybody on a little more equal playing field, I think. Bob Huggins joins me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Bob, what has having senior guards Javon Carter and Daxter Miles meant to you personally, and what have they meant to the program? Well, they've they've meant everything. I mean, those are two guys who came in when we were were struggling a bit, quite frankly. And they've come in and... And J.C.'s had a marvelous career. I mean, the only Power 5 player in history to score over 1,500 points, get 500 rebounds, 500 assists, and 300 steals. Nobody's ever done it before. That's pretty good. He's also been a four-time, uh, as of yesterday, a four-time first-team all-defensive all team in the Big 12, and he's the two-time defensive player of the year in the Big 12. That says a lot. And Dax has scored, he'll end up scoring 1,300 points in his career uh, and has been um, a big part of what we do from a pressure standpoint. Do you, and this is a tough question to answer, I suppose, but do you expect their best moving forward now that every loss gets them now, of course, closer to never playing for West Virginia again? Do you have kids? I do not. Oh, well, when you have kids, you'll understand. You don't have any idea what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, you you hope and pray that they do the right things, but there are times when they don't, and and you have to deal with it. Do you? You ought to have kids, by the way. You'd be a tremendous father. Oh, thank you, Bob. I really appreciate that. Or should I say, Coach? Yeah, I'm I'm not all that much younger than Javon and uh, Daxter as it is. Uh, it did take me five years to graduate from WVU. Uh, Bob Huggins joins me now here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Bob, how much faith do you have in Javon, even if they're not, he and I suppose Dax, even if they're not doing the right things, how hard they're going to play on every given night? Well, as we speak right now, I just looked out the window and, and JC's down there and he's been down there for about a half an hour and or 45 minutes. So he'll get a good hour and a half of shooting in before we begin practice. So I have the utmost confidence in him. And that's not just today. That's an everyday occurrence. Yesterday was our off day, I think, for everyone but him because he was in here making shots again yesterday, I was told. So I have the utmost respect for him. You know, I think uh, I think we, we count on J.C. being a very consistent uh, player in, in a lot of ways because he does a lot of things as the stats that I quoted to you uh, represent. Uh, we need Dax to make some shots, and if Dax makes some shots, I think his 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 defense is a lot better 
he has a tendency to help us rebound the ball, which we need. Um, but you know, there's 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 an element of liver liver die by with the jump shot. I believe I saw. Now I looked at this a couple of weeks ago. It may have changed at this point, but I don't think that it has. Uh, this is the highest percentage of three point shots that your team has ever taken. Um, is uh, is there a particular reason that that is the case? Um, is it settling, or is that just what you think that the skill set is for these guys? No, we haven't scored near as much in transition. Well, that's part of it. Uh, we don't have a Tariq Phillip, a Jason Page. Uh, we don't have a straight-line driver that we've had in the past. Those generally lead to, to layups or uh, dish it off for a layup to a big. Well, we don't score it inside the way we've scored it inside in the past. Although Sags is getting better and better, uh, he's really our only option in there. So um, I think the, I think the reason was necessity. Speaking of Sagabakanate, he was also named to the Big 12 All-Defensive Team. How much improved has he been from year one to year two? Oh, it's been night and day. Uh, he's he gets seemingly gets better with every game. Uh, he's he's young to the game. I haven't just started playing a game when he he came over here. So this is his fourth year of playing basketball. Where you look at a guy like Javon Carter, who's probably been playing since he was three. You know, it's it's a, it's a huge difference, and you you kind of expect him to do some things that he's really not capable of doing because he really doesn't know to do them yet but he will i mean he's a he's a quick learner his he's worked really really hard on his jump shot really really hard on his post moves and uh he will be uh in the future he will be i think a force to be reckoned with on a low post does he only know english swear words no Okay, good. Because every time they pan to him on the TV, uh, it looks like there are bad words flying out of his mouth. Uh, I, I don't know because I don't. I've generally got my back to him, but um, no, he he speaks English pretty well. What type of challenge is Baylor going to represent in Game One of the Big Twelve tournament? And does seeding matter at all in this tournament? I think it matters, but I don't know how much. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge is that we've beaten them twice. It's hard to beat a good team three times. Uh, their zone is very good. We we need to make shots, and we haven't consistently made shots. There's been days when we've we've made shots very well. There's been days when we can't buy one, and if that happens against the Baylor zone, it'll be tough. You guys want another shot at Kansas? I know you're not trying to look too far ahead, but... Uh, I, as a member of the fan base, would like to see you guys match up against those guys again. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier for you to do that than us. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're 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 worried about beating Baylor and playing whoever we play next. Will you be happy to get out of the Big Twelve after the tournament, where teams don't know you as well? Uh, depends on who we're playing, I guess. Mm. Uh, depends on what the matchups are and how our strengths. Match up against their strengths. Hell, if you win one game, you know you're going to be playing Kentucky in the round of 32. They always seem to match you guys up against each other, huh? Oh, yeah, we'll definitely be in the same region. 
That's a rule. You and Cal have to be in the same region every single year. Seems like it. Is this as wide open as it's been uh, in recent memory? I know last year, I mean, Frank, Frank Martin wound up uh, getting to the Final Four as a seven seed. Uh, last year, it seemed like it was very wide open. Uh, similarly, this year, uh, why do you feel like that is? And uh, is it in a, a situation this way where maybe a lot of teams can make a run? Well, it, 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 what it comes down to is you don't get as many open shots because everybody who didn't want to play as hard as they could during the regular season wants to play as hard as they can. So you don't get as many open shots. So you have to make open shots. You can't have an open shot or multiple open shots and miss them. And uh, I watched uh, a good portion of Frank's games, and they made open shots. Um, And they defended and they rebounded. So they made it tough on other people to get open shots, and then they rebounded the misses that the other people made. So, um, I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, you you have open uh, – our Texas came uh, Saturday. I mean, we have a wide open shot. Beetle has, who's probably our best shooter, and a very good shooter, and he misses it. I mean, that happens. And then uh, it's a one-point game, and we run a set for Lamont, who had just made a couple shots, and he misses it, misses his, and they're they're wide open shots. So, you know, if that happens in the NCAA tournament, we'll probably be back in Morgantown shortly thereafter. Last question, and this goes along those lines. Javon Carter was asked by Andy Katz a little earlier in the year, and was asked what the ceiling of this team was, and he said national champs. What needs to happen if you're to do that? Make open shots, guard a whole lot better than what we guarded, and rebound the ball, which we haven't done here of late. you got to get more shots. I mean, we we lost to Gonzaga, and there were, there were some other things that happened that didn't make it easier, but we lost, and we had – we they shot 40 shots. We missed 40 shots. We can't do that and win. Are you as – unlucky a coach as there's been in this business with the injuries i mean last year uh, even if we just go back to last year um you had injuries down the stretch that that, that seemed uh, uh that 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 probably cost you in that uh, gonzaga game if i'm not i feel really really sorry for the other guy who is <laughs> uh coach really appreciate the time uh best of luck uh going out to the big 12 tournament and uh, hopefully we won't see you in Morgantown for a while after that. That would be terrific. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Okay. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. This breaking news update brought to you by the iHeartRadio app. The iHeartRadio app, where you can't hear the damn Crowley show right now because of women's basketball. This just in, RMU Colonials women's basketball leads. Central Connecticut Blue Devils 45-32. to 32. Duh, One minute left in the third. Son of a Eric bitch. Eric Patan, Ozzy Momadou with 184 points. <sighs> Up next, for those of you who are listening the old-fashioned way, why Pittsburgh is by far the better hockey tan in this state. It's a Crowley show.